Welcome to the Weather Insights Podcast. I'm your host, meteorologist Scott Pitney, along with meteorologist Jeff Lindner. Jeff, how are things? They're good. Everything's good. What's the so we're recording on September 28th, 2023, of course, in the Houston area. Happy fall. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's see. Fall started what Saturday? Yeah. What's Saturday. The, what's the heat index today? I don't know. A hundred. Yeah. Hundred and five. Yeah. So we have our very special guest and good friend of mine, Mr. Howie Gordon, meteorologist Howie Gordon, who also is a broadcast meteorologist in the great state of Texas. Howie, welcome to Weather Insights. How you doing, bud? Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I see. I, I like your stuff all the time. You're always doing this. And we talked, you know, a few months ago. It's like, hey, let's let, let's let's get one going. We can talk all things weather, Bigfoot, Jedi, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm a weather guy here in Victoria. That's right. I mean, I, that's how I met you. Um, got to cover one small hurricane or or a tropical tropical storm that eventually, when it came your way to Houston, Nicholas turned into a hurricane as it pulled away. So I could say I kind of covered hurricane because Nicholas turned into a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you wanted to come to Texas to cover hurricanes. That's Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah. after freezing my you know what off for over three years in Alaska, now I'm from Chicago. I'm used to cold winters, but I'm not used to them being six to seven months out of the year. And that was the problem in Alaska. So when I talked to uh, our station down here in Victoria, Texas, he's like, okay, I'll make you an anchor. I'll give you producer experience, do the weather. And then I'm, and I also said, Hey, we get a lot of blizzards and we get snow, but we don't get, I didn't hear thunder and lightning for over three years. When we first moved to Texas, Tony was freaking out under the first lightning storm. And I was too, because I have not seen it. I'm like, whoa, it's like the 4th of July. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, I wanted to acquire more severe weather coverage. I wanted hurricane coverage. Then I also said to our boss, I said, hey, um, you got palm trees down there? He's like, yeah, but, you know, let's try to make this work. Because three years plus in the Alaska winters, I, I wanted somewhere warm. So I went from subarctic to subtropic. Great move. <laughs> Not <laughs> night and day. And then you experienced one of the hottest summers we've ever had. My first summer here, I think we cracked 100, maybe three times, maybe, maybe three times. And this year, uh, did we stay under 100, maybe three times? But then you throw the heat in and see the mix. I, I think we were 100 across the board pretty much all summer. When, when June 1st cranked in, I mean, it has been hot. I was, uh, I was covering a story the other day. I was interviewing this lady and 10 minute interview. I start driving back to the station. First of all, I checked the mic. The blue light was on. Everything was good. Uh, I'm driving. I'm like, there's no volume. I'm like, what the heck? So I ran back before she left. I just caught her. So she let me interview her again. And I did a mic check and my mic was not working. I mean, it wasn't doing a displaying audio after I would record because I leave that mic. You first of all, you charge it up. And it's, it's blue when it's charged. I, uh, I leave it in the trunk of my car every day. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's not working now because it's all, you see, it shows a full charge, but it's not functional. I think the heat zapped it kind of like it zapped my engine when I went out of town about two months ago and left it unstarted for 10 days. This heat, man, this heat could take a toll. I'm driving by the dealerships on Navarro over here. All the, all the hoods are, not all the hoods are popped. I think they're, they're jumping the cars. The cars are probably dying sitting out there in the heat all day. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and I, Jeff can probably correct me on this. Uh, Jeff, his expertise, uh, he's been a meteorologist in, in the Houston area for 20 years, uh, but he works for Harris County Flood Control. And so um, 
I think that this summer would or could have been as bad as 2011, but we had pretty normal rainfall the first five months of the summer. Is that the main difference, Jeff? Yeah, I would say that's the main difference. And if you look at the number of 100 degree days, I actually looked at Victoria and uh, Victoria blew 2011 out of the water. It wasn't even close. Really? Oh, yeah. Down in South Texas, South Central Texas, it's been by far the hottest we've seen. Yeah. It doesn't even, 1980 doesn't even come close. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, up Sunday, here in, we hit, oh, sorry. <clears throat> Sunday, we hit um, 101 with a heat density of 114 just last Sunday down, down here in Victoria. Yeah. The second day of fall. Yeah, second day of fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not really surprising when the ground's so dry. You know, yeah. once that ground dried out, until we get some water on it or a front through here, it, 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 it's going to heat. Yeah, we just heat up, but it hasn't been quite as bad up here in Southeast Texas because we missed 11 by one day. Wow. At least for the number of 100 degree days. 11, you missed 11 what? We missed beating 2011 by one day. Up oh, here 20 left, 20 left. I'm sorry, 20 yeah. left, 20 left. Um, now, Scott and I talked about, hey, we haven't seen rain in the longest time, and we've had a couple now here, but every time in the last three weeks, I've been going quite a bit to get my car worked on and my my, my laptop that I, I, I destroyed or I damaged. <laughs> Every single time, halfway between here and Houston, I get poured on. So really? we're staying dry in Victoria. We're staying dry in you know in Houston, but we're getting rain out there somewhere like in the Wharton area or you know closer to Sugarlands. So some areas are seeing a little bit. It's missing us. It missed us most of the summer. Yeah. Well, sp- talking about that direction, how about that uh, little uh, storm in Edna? Um, yeah, you had some severe weather there. What was that? Two days ago, or that that might have been Monday. Oh, is it earlier? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Tra- it was Monday or Tuesday night. I think it was yeah, Tuesday it was- night. I think it was Tuesday night. I think Trey posted some pictures. Uh, Trey Mining, our other uh, meteorologist, I think he posted some pictures. Pretty big um, sign that that got knocked down by the water burger. And then there, of course, there were a lot of tree limbs, big tree limbs and stuff, but uh, that, you know, definitely in excess of 50 miles an hour. It was, uh, did, what did is you, that? Uh, Jackson County? The end of Jackson County? Edna? I don't know. Edna, I think it is. We're uh, uh, Port Lavaca is Calhoun County. I think it's Calhoun. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's, ja- I think it's Jackson, which would have been Houston's. Uh, uh, did they have a warning out? Yeah. No, 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 Edna. That's yeah, Ed- that, that's that's Houston, that's Jackson County, really. I think so. Maybe you're right because it goes Jackson right. Victoria County, right? Yeah. Okay. No, so, yeah. Okay. That, yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. yeah I, just, I, I get I get them all confused when I hit that little strip like industrial and and El County. Yeah. So you maybe you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I I still consider Eastern San Antonio, Far West Houston. You know, it's just all kind of blending together. That's why we call it the crossroads, right? It's it's yeah, uh, just much. yeah. I was just watching something on YouTube about Texas, and we've talked about it. Fastest growing state in the country, going to probably surpass Chicago in the next ten years, and by the twenty forties, going to pass up California in overall population. I wonder now. I don't know about the state, but they, <laughs> I've heard, and it's funny. They said ten years. I think I heard this 15 years ago, 10 years, Houston will pass up uh, Chicago. <laughs> and they keep saying that it's like 10 years, 10 years, 10 years. But I, I don't know about the Texas that. number. Dallas might be on the move more than all of them. 
Yeah. For, just for what I'm watching, just for what I'm watching. Well, no, statewide, I understand. I mean, you have all that influx um, into Austin from California and everything. So in, in our, our coastline continues to grow. Um, so, you know, in the crossroads, we have a hundred miles of coastline that we forecast weather for. And, and Jeff um, did a, a lot with Hurricane Harvey. So he covered that. And uh, yeah, so was it last year that was your first, first and really only storm that you covered, Howie? That was actually uh, September 13, 2021. Oh, yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. So it was two years ago. It was Nicholas. And then nothing's come our way other than that tropical storm that went through Brownsville, like as it really kind of weakened down, dissipated. I think it went through like Brownsville maybe about six weeks ago. Yeah, Harold. Really impact. I don't think we saw it. I, oh, I take that back. I think it brought us a little bit of rain. That's what knocked us down under 100 for a day or two. Yep, and that's right. Everything cleared out of the way. Yeah. Boom, we shot back up. And yeah. we had some moisture, then the heat indices went back up. Yeah. Yeah. You got some outer bands, uh, clouds and precipitation, and yet it brought the temperatures down for uh, you know, a short relief. And It took a tropical storm to cool us down <laughs> after just 100 plus for days and days and weeks and months. Yeah. Yeah. So we got, you, you remember Nicholas, it really didn't do much here. Well, we were expecting a lot of rain and we ended up getting a lot of wind. Yeah. We, the, the rain never really happened and we ended up having 500,000 without power. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. Came through overnight. Did this hit you guys? Did like, did it hit the coast up there? Yeah. I made landfall around Matagorda and then, That's kind, right. of, and That's then right. kind of moved inland to about Texas city and then kind of lingered off the Louisiana coast for a few days as nothing. Yeah. As a remnant low. Yeah. And I, I can't uh, recall like, the exact track, but it, it, it seemed like it um, took came from the southwest. It was kind of an unusual track. We don't really get storms that track like that into this area so much from the southwest. If, if we get something from, uh, if we get one in Houston or Galveston, it's usually from the south or south southeast, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, so but I mean, this one took was more a southern, southerly track. And came up into us in, into Port Lavaca. Me yeah. and Adam standing out there, you know, getting blown around. And we went for the, you know, dinner in between the shows. And I was like, "Wow, well, what's going on? It's it's, it's it's where's where's the strength? It's it's gotten weaker and weaker, but it was pulling further away. It was headed towards you guys. And as uh, it got the waters, then back in the water, it powered up into a hurricane. And that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. It it. Um... For a while, we were all wondering if it was going to get a name, and uh, th that's right. It jumped back out in the water, and and uh, I think got to Cat One. I mean, it made yeah, it made landfalls at Cat One, but it was the recon found Cat One winds like right at landfall. I mean, it was yeah. right at landfall where it, the plane found enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's subjective sometimes. So yeah, yeah. That's right. Maybe the drop signs <laughs> actually landed on the land. Well, <laughs> would that be <laughs> would that be a first? <laughs> no one would be in all kind of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Go get that one <laughs> quick. No, that, that's very likely. Like you said, it hit as a one before, you know, then it started weakening, but because it was moving, you know, our way as a tropical storm and then pulled away. Yeah. And it disappeared on us. Like, where's it? What, what happened? But because Brian was back in the studio, <laughs> I was on the coast. Brian's telling me, oh, no, no, it's pulling towards Houston now. I'm like, okay. I got explains why it starts to feel less wind, but then it got stronger. So it got stronger, but by that time it was, it was already pulling away from us. So. Yeah. Well, there there was also a lot of shear, so it was lopsided. So mm. you're on the upstream shear side, so 
you're dry. Yeah. Versus us, who's on the downshear side, so we're getting all the weather. Yeah. Because we were east of the center. Yeah. Now we're west of the center. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So southwesterly and westerly shear, like you typically have in the western Gulf, is going to push all the weather the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just that last minute, right before landfall, there was a big blow up of thunderstorms right over the center that pushed it over the edge. Yeah. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, a, a 70 mile an hour tropical storm or a 75 mile an hour hurricane is virtually no different. I mean, right, right. Virtually yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Rain, some rain, and I did notice it. It it got. I mean, I could hear the wind outside. It, was, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was just kind of like, ah, oh, this thing is, I went, you know, not going to be much. And I went to bed and could hear it, it like held its strength pretty good. Um, yeah. So, so Howie, I, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if I've ever asked you, we've had a lot of conversations, of course, but I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. How did you get your interest in weather? How, do you remember how that started and developed from there? I mean, I was always fascinated by the weather. I mean, I don't know at the level that you are. <laughs> Scott just, you know, loves every, and I love it too. And or I could, I could say, you know, my passion for it's as strong as yours, but I would, you know, I just see weather. I was just always, and first of all, I wanted out of the weather living in Chicago because it was cold and nasty <laughs> all the time. But, you know, I used to see the guys on TV and I'm like, you know what? I like weather. You know, I could go on TV and, and talk about that as well. But I've always had a fascination with it. You know, I was watching hurricanes and I lived in Florida for eight years of my life. So I was I went through a bunch of hurricanes. I don't think I took any direct hits, but they were oh one Hurricane Eileen in 99 hit me. Palm trees are touching the ground. Um, I got pictures of that a lot, a lot of flooding. Um, but all the bigger ones would either have dissipated or hit different parts of the coast. But you know, I get some of the outer bands uh you know pretty strong. So I just I had a fascination just with weather, just innate. Why, why do I like ice cream? You know, I just, my, my, I, I have a reaction that I love weather. I've always had a fascination with animals and weather. And I was a Steve Irwin fan. So I, you know, if I, I if I took the, not that weather is any safer because it can be dangerous, but if I went the animal route and, you know, third, by the third episode, some crocodile was going to probably take my arm off. So I'm like, okay, I'll go with the weather pattern. <laughs> That's what I stuck with. Um, I have a piece of paper, you know, back in 1999, become a weatherman. But I know I know, I wanted to do that before that. Um, yeah, it's been a lot. I mean, it's 99 for sure. I got it in writing. I still have it. Become a weatherman. Um, but I mean, I've wanted to do it long. I just, I, just, I just had a fascination with weather, with tornadoes or storms or hurricanes. And everything. I remember being a kid and, you know, you know, you know, you're sitting in your house by yourself and you'd be on the phone with your mom or dad and they're like, yeah, be careful, man. Those storms, and you see it on the news, and they're you know talking about it could kill you. You're as a kid, I'm like, oh god, man, a thunderstorm or tornadoes. You know, you think it's coming through your house. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, it's a, there's a slim chance that it's going to be your house, but right. you just think, oh crap, man, it's yeah. it's coming my way. And as a yeah. kid, you're scared of that. Right. You know, different things here. Your pets running around out of control because they're afraid of the unknown, whatever's going on. Um, but then I started taking some classes online as I was living in South Florida. But then I went, you know, into my reality TV stuff and acting stuff, Big Brother. Um, after that, I went back full time one semester down in Mississippi State. And then I took the rest. I moved back to Chicago because I had some on- online classes at some other, you know, for the regular degree. I think I took, you know, a history, a, a writing class, a literature class and did all that. And finally got my degree and got into the weather. Um, my first job was in 2015. But I actually I had a friend that wanted to hire me as the weekend storm chaser in Lubbock in 2009. And I'm like, oh, a week. I don't want a weekend job. That was my, you know, my stupid mindset. I should have jumped all over that. And 
could have got in a little bit sooner. And then at the same time, I was still kind of doing some reality shows here and there. And I was try I was trying to get on this Bigfoot show, reality show. So I didn't want to get a weather job and oh sorry, I got I got, you know, cast for the show. I gotta leave. And and that wouldn't look good, you know. So I um I kind of frazzled around a little bit until boom, I got 2015. And I, I knew that I was taking it serious because I when I was living in Joplin, not long after that, I don't know if it was the first year or the first six months or whatever it was. But Big Brother Canada called me. They wanted me to do Big Brother Canada. And I said, no, I'm, you know, I'm in the TV. Game. I got a weather job now. I mean, I'll go on the show. I'll get evicted in, in two weeks. And, you know, I'll have nothing. So I'm going to stay put. And I stuck <laughs> with the weather. And, and here we are, you know, over eight years later. Um, yeah, I didn't was, even know they had a break, Big Brother Canada. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it's first season, I want to say, it was about 2013. I think they're on season 10 or 11 now. Yeah, they were behind the times because we're on 25. So they're about 15 seasons back, but they got one now and it's, it's a pretty good show. Yeah. So, um, little story, how, how and I met, I, I got the gig in Victoria as an intern and, uh, they said, you're going to be working with, uh, Howie Gordon. And somewhere along the line, I heard that you were on big brother. And so I'd never seen the show and I thought, well, this would be a good way to kind of get to know Howie a little bit. I, I guess I'll go ahead and watch big brother. And so I, I flipped it on. And, um, I'd say about two episodes, I, I was hooked. It, it was, I, I was just hooked. And the only reality TV I'd seen, uh, prior to that was survivor. You know, I was kind of caught up in that when it first came on and kind of faded out, but, uh, I'll be the first to say that, uh, Howie Gordon on big brother. I mean, what you see is what you get with Howie. <laughs> He's a big personality, right. smart guy. He played the show. Well, once I figured out what they were doing, I like, okay, so they're just living in this house together and they're voting people out, but you know what? And then I started trying to figure out, okay, they're playing the games and it gives you, you know, privileges and passes and things like that. But, um, but yeah, tell, and, and the other thing too, I thought it was interesting, the caption they had when they showed your name and said, I think it said meteorology student. For, for 90% of the show, it said meteorology student. And later in the season, it said Jedi in training. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when it said meteorology student, had you already started your meteorology classes when you got the- you know, I had been taking some, you know, like one class a semester. Um, I wasn't able to juggle as many like you. I mean, Scott's taking two, three classes, working full time, traveling back and forth to Victoria, taking vacations and breaking out straight A's. Um, I think I was taking one class. You know, and I, I, I was living in South Florida. I was going to kickboxing classes. I was, I was you know, in a softball league um, working full time. So I was taking one class first semester. Um, and then I was working at a pharmaceutical company when, you know, big brother called upon me. And so I had to leave. So I wasn't working there anymore. So <laughs> I was technically still a student. So yeah, meteorology student, that's what they put down uh, for big brother. And, you know, my nickname on there, Hurricane Howie talked a lot. My, my first, um, so the first, the first episode, Scott, you've seen it when I'm, we're standing on a surfboard competing for head of household. Yep. And we're standing on there and, you know, each time someone would jump off, Julie Chen, the host, would come on over the loudspeaker. And now there are four or now there are three. And then I, she skipped a couple. And uh, <laughs> in between, though, but while we're sitting there for, you know, a couple hours, I'm talking about hurricanes and how they develop and all this stuff and everything about meteorology. Um, so she skipped a couple and then one jumped off and I said, someone jumped off and said, yeah, I think Julie fell asleep or went home. She's not watching us anymore. And she comes over the loudspeaker. 
I'm here, Howie. I've seen your analysis about hurricanes. Very nice stuff. Very nice stuff. So, yeah. So I was talking weather right off the bat, you know, for first, first couple hours in the house, you know, talk about hurricanes. I just, I remember, and I remember that perfectly. Mm, um, I do. I do remember that, that first uh, exercise. So I've got a, a, you know, practical question. Um, to prepare for that, you know, you, you're going to be out there for a while. Um, what did you do in in terms of uh, did you dehydrate yourself? Should I say? No, you know, I you know what I didn't do that. And all these years later, I understand the game so much more now. It's kind of like some of the wars we've gone to, and then years later we reflect and go, why were we there? We had no business doing that. You didn't realize at the time you thought it was the right thing to do. Um, I saw some episodes here and there before. I never before that I never heard of the show. So when I got on. I did my normal training, my running, my stretching, my working out, but the game is mental, more mental than anything else. So didn't dehydrate myself, but I should have been standing on one leg and balancing and stuff like that. Um, but I'll be honest, taking classes kept my mind sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause physically, mentally, I was, you know, I was as prepared as anybody on that season. When I came back for the next show, all stars a summer later, I was traveling around thinking I was a celebrity. You know, people are flying me out for their 50th birthday party, paying me money, eating fettuccine Alfredo every night. So I wasn't as physically and mentally prepared the next year. And it was very noticeable in in my events I was trying to do. I just wasn't as competitive. Um, But I did learn. So I did, I I did, you know, do my working out and everything else. And I think I did by the second season start trying to like, balance on one leg. And I actually taught myself to walk on my hands. It took six weeks. It started with, you know, trying to do the handstand, falling, falling on the mats, falling, eventually standing, you know, with my hands and then eventually taking steps. And after six weeks, I was able to walk on my hands. And I was, you know, I, was, I, I did that in the brother house. It didn't help me do anything, but I just, you know, hey, am I going on TV? I'm walking around on my hands. And because I saw a guy on Big Brother 4 or something doing that. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And, and I was at Universal Studios working this gig in between the summer of Big Brother 6 and Big Brother 7 All-Stars. And I was I was repping lightsabers for Master Replicas. If I got them on a show and got the website on there, I made money off the sales. I was working some event at Universal Studios, and these little kids were running at the wall, pushing off and doing flips. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of Jedi-like. I like to learn that. And I Googled it, but we were talking about it like, yeah, just make sure you push off. I don't want to jinx myself, but I, I have a fear of breaking my neck. I don't think anybody wants to ever break their neck by any means, but I never got the courage to run into the wall, push off and do a backflip. And I never did it. And I just saw people doing it with the greatest of ease, but it's a fear of mine. And I just, I think I did the right thing about not trying it. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. So they, I, mean, I think I didn't want me riding skateboards as a kid. And I get it because people fall off them and you get hurt and, yeah, they didn't want to. They didn't want to pay the hospital bills, probably. <laughs> probably that, that too. Um, so that was. Yes, I, I trained a lot of things, but you know, Big Brother always expect the unexpected. They threw something at you because I tried to hang on to that spider web on Big Brother All Stars, and my grip was fine, but I had this tremendous pain going through my neck that just overcame me, and I had to let go. My hands, my, as much as I was struggling, I could handle it, but something was coming in my spine and my neck and oh it just it made me not be able to go so there's all kinds of things that come you come your way yeah yeah so after uh big brother ended you went back to finish school and then and then uh you got your first gig there in joplin 
Got my first gig in Joplin in 2015, uh, May 11, 2015. Um, did a combination of weekend reporting, weekend weather, and I did the morning show for months at a time, stints months at a time, because one of our reporters, when I first got there, broke her leg skiing in Colorado, and uh, she was out for three to four months. So I did a lot of morning show where I was co-anchor doing the weather, similar to what, you know, what I did here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually read a lot of sports. I'd go stand up and read the sports and that was kind of cool. So I could kind of, that's the only thing I haven't done full blown is the sports. Um, but I've never gone out and shot my sports, put it together and did that. It was already ready for the night before. And I went out there and read that, but yeah, starting Joplin. Uh, I liked it because it wasn't Florida weather, but it wasn't Chicago weather or either somewhere in the middle. Like there, there, I think I counted my first winter in Joplin. We had about five 85 degree days. You know, you don't see 85 degrees in Chicago until, you know, May, if you're lucky. So there's some warm days and we had some days below zero, but, you know, it was up and down. We had a lot of warm days. I'm like, this is kind of cool. I could deal with this. And then by February, it's already starting to warm up. Whereas in Chicago in February, you're still, you're still yeah. Arctic conditions. Middle of winter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah middle, middle of winter. Yeah. Um, but after my Joplin uh, job gig, after two years, I started sending my resumes out. And I'll send them out anywhere because there's nothing worse than, you know, you're always having a conversation, getting yourself smoother about, you know, with, with the interviewing process, or, you know, you might send a resume to a, a has no need, but they know C does because they're, they're, they're related. So and they send it their way and Hey, the networking. So I'll send it out. I don't think there's any wasted opportunity sending out your real and your, and your resume. So I'm sending something like, Oh, Alaska. Well, I don't know, but I'll send one out. And the news director starts calling me. And then they want to fly me out. I'm like, hey, I take a free trip out to Alaska. I've never been there before. So I go out there. Then they start talking pay. I saw the studio, which looked like CNN. You know, I think it was only three years old at the time when I got there. Beautiful state-of-the-art facility. Um, I mean, I, I can't even put in the words in the comparison of that studio to, you know, to Victoria. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a few <laughs> I mean, I'll give a few examples. I mean, I think the men's bathroom is bigger than the new one. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, where was that? Sanders closet. A- Anchorage, right? How I Anchorage? Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. Um, I I went whale watching down in Seward, but you had a report. I I was there for three years. I, you had reporters that have been there six months. They saw more of Alaska than I did because I was the in-house morning weather guy. I never left the area other than a few drives here and there. They're flying all the way up to. Ukiavik in the in the in the Arctic, they're flying to uh, Fairbanks, you know, in in the middle of the state where it's thirty below zero before wind chill. Every when you wake up in the winter, they're flying out to um, places out there on the on the west coast where you can almost see Russia, and they saw more places than I did, you know. But because I was the weather guy, if I was a reporter, I would have hit the road more, hit the plane more. Um, mm-hmm. But it was beautiful. I saw some bear, um, a beautiful hiking up there. But as I said earlier, just the you know, Chicago was harsh for three to four months with the wind chill. Now, I'm not going to speak for all of Alaska because it's like comparing North Florida to South Florida or, or comparing the weather in Lubbock to, to Victoria. Um, but where I lived, I was protected by mountains and I was on the water. So unless there was a wind event, which we got three or four a year, maybe we get 100 mile an hour winds coming through the mountains, but no wind, not very windy at all. So lack of wind chill. If it's 19, it's 19. In Chicago, it's a different story. <laughs> it was 19, it's five below zero with the wind chill because the winds were intense. So I thought Chicago was more harsh, but Alaska, 
too long, six to seven months. Okay, you say you thaw out in mid-April, you're thawed out, but it's still 41, cloudy and rainy until June. Just, 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 uh, just the worst of the worst. Yeah. Plus I find the cold and ice. I hate the 44 degrees and rainy, which in Chicago, you get that October, November, and you get that in March and April, just gross. Yeah. Going back to Joplin a little bit, uh, I don't think a lot of people, you know, maybe understand what it's like being a, a broadcast met, especially in a small market, because as you pointed out, you're anchoring, maybe doing sports. I mean, my first day in Victoria, they said, hey, Scott, can you go cover a uh, fire? I thought at, about you the other day because yeah, there was another mall. burnt car. There was a burnt car somewhere. And I said, was that the one Scott covered? They're like, no, that was today. There was one again the other day. I, it was either at the mall or the HGB. A car burnt down just like that. Yeah. But sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. But, um, you know, and Jeff and I were talking about this before the show, and um, we don't really get a lot of time to do true broad, I mean, to, true forecasting. We, we we don't have much time. We, we've got uh, the, the shift for what we call, I guess, the day shift for, you know, primetime show, five, six, nine, and 10. We get, we get in at two, but most people get in a little bit earlier and you put your graphics together and, and you're doing a forecast. You know, when the weather's pretty benign, it's pretty easy, but if it's gonna be severe or, um, you know, if there's inclement weather, uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, and, and, you know, we don't really have the support to, to produce the show. Um, we produce our own shows. We make our own graphics and we're the only ones that ad lib during the broadcast. Yeah. They're all reading the prompter, which nothing wrong with that. No, I, think no. It's, mm. I love being able to freely talk. I think it's so much easier and more natural, natural sounding just to get up there and talk. Now, I, now as you touched on that, Scott, for example, at Tim Heller's level, did they build his shows for him? No. I think the weather guy's always doing it no matter where you are. Am I wrong? That I don't know. <laughs> we got a reaction out of Jeff. I'll be quiet. I'll just, <laughs> See, now I'll Jeff, Jeff works with a lot of the, the broadcast uh, folks here in, in Houston. But anyways. You know what? I'll say this. Right. I, I do know of one individual that was uh, on TV here in Houston that did have his graphics built for him, but he's the only one that I know of. Yeah. 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 Um, but we do. I take that back now. Graphics. That's fine, but the forecast, like, I got to know my forecast. I got to put that together. Because when I know it, when it's mine, it's your forecast, you can talk about it. The graphics you can get the help on, that, that's fine, because the graphics are going to tell your weather story. But, but I mean, he still would do the forecast and get the numerical data co co corroborated. Oh, yeah. Well, and that was one, um, you know, getting into the business, too. One thing that uh, Tim, well, Tim, not one thing, Tim helped me on a lot of things, but the thing that one of the things that he helped a lot on was to write your weather story. First is start with your headline. What, what's the lead? What's your headline in, in weather? Start there and then give the essential information. You know, the, the main components, um, wind, um, sky, when I say sky, that's, you know, includes rain and precipitation and all that temperature, which of course includes feels like or wind chill, whatever season you're in, um, wind direction and speed. And then if there's any watches, warnings, inclement weather, anything like that, hazards, 
Um, those are the four things and, and just essential, you know, it's all about timing. You got to think about what people are planning for the day. And, you know, Jeff is not on TV, but I follow him on social media and, he, and he's got a huge following and it's, and it's easy to understand why, because he's good at that. You know, it's like people follow Jeff because they trust him and because he, he doesn't hype it. He just lays it out there. Here's, here's what's going on. So I got a question because I think this is a lot of people's questions when it comes to TV, anything nowadays. Are you TV. operational, Jeff, or are you broadcast? I, I apologize. I, when you, when you I'm not. I'm not broadcast. I'm operational though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So operational means we forecast. We forecast, you know, during the day and everything. Um, but what what is y'all's take on the whole hype thing? I mean, y'all are in the business. A lot of people think tv is a lot of hype what what's your take on it how oh, you want to go first on that one yeah i mean if you ever watch you know you just your normal tv shows you know they'll leave you at a cliffhanger before the commercial and whoa 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 and it, it comes back to the scene and or, or maybe comes on the next week or now we stream and at the next episode whatever in five minutes and it's not as sensationalized as it panned out to be um, it's television. I mean, oh, it's just going to be 80 and sunny. No, 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 no need to tune in. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's like the football game. Hey, we're going to kill this team. No, no need to come out and watch. We're going to, you want the fans, the viewers, the support. So you gotta, as much, whatever you're going to tell them, you, you, you want to, you want to hype it up. I mean, it's like a boxer, you know, before I'm going to watch the Mike Tyson, anybody fight, but when they're at jarring in the beginning, I'm going to get you. I mean, you're dead. I'm going to kick your butt. I mean, you know, that's the hype. That's the same, same thing. So to some people, I mean, to some people, 28 mile an hour wind scares them. The, the, my garbage can fell over. Is it going to be okay? I mean, the weather is interpreted differently by different people. So what might be dramatized or sensationalized is maybe underhyped to some people, believe it or not. You know, people get scared of, 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 of benign conditions. I mean, everyone's got their thing. Why is this guy allergic to strawberries? And I'm not. Some people are just that way. Um, but yeah, I, I try to be like, Oh, you know, we're going to be hot, but a front's headed our way. And, you know, hopefully they turn in, tune in and I tell them why, what the front's going to do. Just because I'm saying the front's headed our way. doesn't mean a catastrophe or a huge temperature drop or even rain, but I try, I, I try to hype it up. I mean, I don't know if that's wrong in the middle or, or, or right, but that's, that's what we did. I think we're taught to do that. Well, we are, we are. I mean, the, the station has to make money, so they they want people to watch, obviously, and they want to uh, they want us to push people to our apps. And so, I think um, I don't. I think a better word, that at least I try to keep in my mind, is um, to try to. I like tease. I like the word tease. For example, you know, we do teases all the time, and it's like. Okay, the uh, front's expected this Saturday. Will we get rain? We'll talk about it next. You know, that will, I, I, I tease like in a question form, you know, and, and I know you do that a lot, Howie. In fact, I learned a lot of that from you, you know, just uh, um, Howie was sitting right in there in the newsroom on my first few broadcasts, and, you know, uh, just keeping me from passing out. But <laughs> he would help me a lot with the teases and stuff. And, and I thought that was a really uh, good coaching point from you is to do it in the form of a question here's what's going on how much rain will we get how hot will it get how cold will it get whatever it is we'll talk about it next 
And so I I think that's, that's to get them, you know, that's during a live show. And then as far as the app, you know, we're, there's still a lot of discussion that goes on with that. Um, You obviously don't want to, um, you don't certainly don't want to lie or exaggerate anything just to get clicks, but you, I think you want to, like I said before, I think it's good to- coaching from Tim, give essential information, a reason for people to keep the app, why they watch you or why they keep your app on their phone and not somebody else's. So, so let me ask you this question. Cause I, we, I've seen this before when you're having continuous coverage, breaking what, you know, breaking weather, whatever, and the, and the wall to wall. So that you're, you're in a hurricane situation, stuff like that. What about reporters and anchors? This is not their day-to-day. They they don't understand when they're standing out and wind, you know, 80 mile an hour wind's probably gonna blow them away and they're, you know, whatever. How 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 about that? That that seems to be at sometimes information can be misconstrued from that angle, and y'all are the subject matter experts during the event. And how do y'all have to rein that back in or yeah, great question, because um and Howie, I, I'd like to hear your take on this because you actually experienced that. I haven't personally experienced that, but you and Adam covered that hurricane. So was there any guidance given to Adam about what to say, what not to say uh, during and, that kind of and Adam is Adam is a reporter and an anchor. Okay. He's a weekend anchor and a reporter. Yep. Um. So James asked me my first I don't know, first week or first month here is like, blah, blah, blah. If there's a hurricane, are you evacuating? Or are you staying? I said, I'm staying. That's why I came here. And I think he met the building. I, I think it's a different scenario now. We went out to the coast. Um, yeah, I mean, our station wanted us to be careful. There weren't any special instructions, Adam. Talk about what you're saying. You know, see dog, say dog. And he was doing that. As I'm talking, as I'm there, I'm like, if he's getting a lot stronger. I, and, and my, my interpretation was, Nicholas kept was coming closer. I don't know. I don't know if it was going to be stronger, but getting closer meant stronger winds, closer to the either you know closely formed eye of a tropical storm. Um, I'm like, if it gets a little stronger than this, I don't know that we can stay right here on the beach because the winds were tossing us around a little. I mean, a plastic garbage can will go boom, and one second later, it's 50 yards that way. Um, so, so you know, missiles and debris could get thrown at you. Um, so I was concerned about that. When we went to dinner, I'm like, if it gets struck, because we were driving, I'm like, there's a gas station a few miles down. This is where we might have to go for the live shots, you know, for the winds and rain away from the coast. I was talking about that. But then obviously we had dinner, we came out and I'm like, what's going on here? And it was like a calm before the storm because the storm was pulling further back out and headed your guy's way. Um, I don't think we were giving any special instructions, but I simply said, I mean, if the winds are going to get stronger than this, I mean, first of all, we had we had sandbags waiting down the camera. If the winds were going to get stronger, I don't know if the camera would have been supported. We did have jo- Josh. He's our drone guy, our graphics guy. He was there, so he was kind of helping with the shots and I think holding the camera. But I mean, I like like you said, you haven't been through one yet. I haven't been through like a a real one in terms of being out there to broadcast or two or three or four. You probably have to take higher ground somewhere because the, the twos and threes will throw a storm surge at you. So you got to be careful with that. And if the winds get, you know, noticeably stronger, uh, you're going to have to be smart, whether you're a meteorologist or not, and take some type of shelter to protect you from things being flown through the air that are not projectiles. 
Um, so if, with that instance from, you know, my, my, my lone, you know, tropical storm via hurricane, I was concerned. I'm like, if they get stronger than they are now, we could have some problems, but it ended up pulling away and you didn't have to, didn't have to cross that path. But yeah, I mean, it could be very dangerous out there. I mean, we, we obviously tornadoes are way more unpredictable and storm chasers have been, you know, been killed instantaneously. Um, you know, the thing about hurricanes, you got some time to make some decisions, but if you're, you're hunkered down in the wrong place, then you, you got to be careful. Yeah. You just got to be mindful. I mean, well, and to, to Jeff's uh, question to me, just as somebody watching, you know, I, I haven't been in, in that position yet, but as me watching the coverage, I think you leave the meteorology stuff in the hands of the meteorologist. I, I don't think a reporter should be out there and say, okay, you know, I'm standing here in six inches of water. We expect this area to be uh, in three feet of water in the next couple of hours. That's a meteorologist's job to, to cover That's that cool. kind of stuff. I, I think a reporter should be more like, I'm standing here. You see behind me, there's a road closure. I'm at, uh, you know, Highway 87 down, you know, kind of tell, like you said, Howie, describe what you're seeing. Or, you know, we talked to some residents here and we asked them about if there's an evacuation order, you know, what, what, you know, what do they, do they know what to do? Uh, things like that. Talk more about the human element, but kind of stay away from the, the weather part of it the forecasting what to expect and that kind of stuff i think those should stay in the hands of the met personally i talked about both of those what you're talking about now now you're also talking about one of the smaller markets where our resources are spread thin sure i think the larger markets or the weather national places the guys out in the in the in the thick of it those are those are meteorologists for the most part so i just think um we're just we're, we're working with what we have you know oh yeah like just even comparing Friday night football, especially in, in, in Joplin, you know, Missouri was huge for football too, just like Texas. You know, the guys that are running the prompter, they all had a car and gear and they were sent out to film football, whether they knew how to do it or not, and bring back footage for Friday night football. So, but, you know, you get a higher where there's more, more, you know, more revenue to pay the right people to be in place. And that's a different scenario. So I'll ask both of you this question. <laughs> now y'all got me. I'll ask both of you this question. What what is because this is a lot of people. This is a lot of people. What is gained by doing standing out doing hurricane coverage? Want me to go? Go ahead. Yeah, what what's gained by 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 being out there on the coast getting blown around? Yes. I mean, as a member of the media and the news, I think, you know, people here in Victoria, um, I, I guess if something's coming here, the national would, would more than likely be there too. But if you're in Victoria, you want to know what's going on, uh, how to prepare. So if you get a guy down in the thick of it, seeing what's going on, okay, we know to do this. I, I, I think it's getting the message out there. Um, now, obviously we're talking apps too. You know, that stuff can be sent to apps and, and, and social media. Um, I mean, what's to gain? First of all, I wanted to do it. I wanted, it's one of the reasons why I came here as a weather guy in South Texas. I wanted to go cover that stuff. Now, but here's my analogy, and I'll use it everybody. I want to see a shark at the beach. I want to see alligators in the swamp. Don't want to get bit by them. I want to be part of this hurricane or, 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 or you know, inform the public about it. I don't want to be hurt by it. So I'm going to do, 
I'm not going to take a, a, a dinghy and go out in the middle of the ocean and say, hey, what's up, Nicholas? No, I'm, I mean, I'm not that stupid, but I'm going to try to, a, a, at the safety level, you know, tell and talk about what's going on. Um, but like you said, the, the lines are crossed. Where, where does that level stop or, you know, where do you do it? What's the gain from it? Hey, our job is to cover the news and, and this in this part of the, in this realm, weather, I think it's the best way to cover it. Get out there in the thick of things. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, as far as gaining, well, what's the gain is viewership, which leads to revenue. That's the business part of it. But from a meteorological standpoint, it doesn't tell you anything when somebody's standing down on the beach in rubber boots in a few inches of water. Um, but it, but there is a visual element, and you know, somewhat uh, of an entertainment element too. I mean, they, yeah. they, you know. They'll, they'll see Howie on the green screen and wow, he's down in Port Lavaca covering this thing. It must be pretty serious. So it, I think it heightens the awareness. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I used to kind of think the same thing too. You know, these reporters, they get down there, not so much the mess of reporters, they get down there and they're bending over 45 degrees in the wind. And I'm thinking to myself, why are they doing that to these people? <laughs> you know, because can't they just tell us what's happening? Well, Think of the opposite. What if we weren't down there? You know, then people would be questioning, well, there's a hurricane. Okay, shouldn't y'all, should, they're so used to it by now. It's like, shouldn't they be down there? I mean, shouldn't they be in the thick of it and telling us what's going on? You know, so. No, um, that, that, I think there'd be more ridicule if we weren't down there. For the nine people say, why would you put that guy out there? There'd be more like, well, we had a hurricane. Why, why do you cover that? Yeah, they're, they're so used to seeing it now. So, yeah, um, yeah well, it's, as long it's, as everybody comes back, healthy i think everything was gained yeah now if a guy loses a, a body part or a life then you might want to start questioning things but if everybody comes back intact i think it was a game so how close are we to having that day where somebody does get killed because i think we're a lot closer now than we were a few years ago you think t t I, I think so. you think people are, are taking well more chances oh absolutely yeah I, do too. I think people are putting themselves in a very, at times, very risky situations for whatever reason. And this isn't just broadcast meteorologists and anchors and reporters. There's also a lot of social media storm chasers that I saw just recently with Adelia um, that if that was a bigger piece of something, you would have been killed. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think the news stations are much more responsible um, in that. I think the people that are trying to get clicks that don't do it for a living or, or they're, you know, that maybe do it for a living, they have their own social media platform. They're taking very dangerous risks and, and they're going to keep, yeah, people are going to keep pushing it to the limit. It's going to happen. Unfortunately. Well, it already has, you know, how you kind of mentioned that too. People have been killed, storm chasers killed, you know, you get out, on a, uh, in fact, I, I talked to one of my professors. He was a, he was chasing a tornado in Mississippi, and they got on a farm road where he realized all of a sudden he goes, "Wait a minute! I only have one direction to drive. If this tornado shifts at all, we're <laughs> we're screwed," you know. And uh, he got out of the situation, but he, he he talked about it in his lecture. He said, that was not smart. You know, you've got to know what you're doing. And I knew what I was doing. And I still almost put myself in a, in a, in harm's way in an unnecessary risk uh, situation. So, 
Yeah. No. Um, what was the question really good? I had my, I was ready to take off and I was letting you finish. What was the question again? Oh, I, I think the question was how close are we to actually having somebody get oh, hurt, seriously um, hurt or killed out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, what's, what, what's the one guy when his sport is probably at the best when a hurricane comes in, in close, a surfer, you're going to tell this guy when he's never seen better waves, you know, and he's going to go out there and Browning's more likely. Oh, those, yeah. Those guys are, are, they're going to keep doing their thing. I think what Jeff's talking about it, it are people that cover storms. They want to video storms. They, you know, and it's not just TV media, it's social media folks too, you know, taking uh, yeah, hood news here, you know, goes around and covers all the, all the, all the news, but is it going to happen one day? I think everything eventually the law of large numbers says it's going to happen. I mean, uh, who's to say one guy's not going to get hit by a lightning bolt right on live TV one day, one day. It, it, it's, is it probable, but no, is it possible? Yeah. Or one, one guy's going to underestimate the storm surge and, you know, get taken away and injured or killed or both. Yeah. Is it going to, it can happen. But like you, like you said, Jeff, I mean, it might be tomorrow, it might be 20 more years from now, but law of large numbers says, all that stuff eventually is going to happen. I mean, sad to say, I mean, we're a numeric society. I mean, when you break down the numbers, I don't want to jinx anybody or anything, yeah. but I don't know if you play with your pet alligator, if one of these days it's going to bite you. My turtle, my turtle bit me a few times, you know, <laughs> hanging on my thumb a few times. So didn't Lit do it all the time. Literally bit, bit the hand that fed him. huh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My cat Tony does did it all the time for a while. <laughs> well, I taught him differently because I used to bite him, you know, friendly, late bite him on, you know, and then he thought it was okay. Bite my ear, bite my lip, bleed, started bleeding. And now I don't do it anymore. And he's gone now 98% of biting me because I don't do it. So, yeah. So Howie, as we, as we kind of get to the end here, what, what is your most memorable weather event in, in the market you've covered? I mean, I mean I'm going to probably go right back to, to Nicholas. Cause that's the, the best, you know, Exam, you know, this tropical storm. You know, I got footage I, and I posted it. It's in my reel. Um, I was like in awe. I'm like, wow, man. My So I, I started in on January 4th. Let's see, January 4th to Feb, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Seventh, eight months later, one of my goals was reached. I covered a storm. Um, I mean, the, the whole from you know, going to lunch, you know, giving us the car and money to go get gas or a hotel stay or, or food. To, you know, the whole experience with, with Adam and our camera guys, it was was really cool. Um, because really, I mean, okay, I've been in, in, the, in the studio. We've had some thunderstorms or severe weather. I had to cut in at one in the morning. You know, those were, those were cool. Oh, I'll be, you know, almost on par with that is when I moved, I actually moved here December 5th, 2020. Started a month later, January 4th, 2021. And then fast forward to Valentine's Day of the same winter mm. of 2021. Every, everyone blamed me for bringing Alaska's weather down to South Texas. <laughs> the whole state was under a winter warning. My car was frozen in the parking lot. It was, I wouldn't, I, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, grout. Out. I, I want to say we had snow where we were, but we had icing. Um, and, you know, I, I went, you drove through Victoria that night, the next day, ghost town. I went out there. You know, first of all, years of experience driving in snow, no problem. 
I don't care if you drive every day in ice. You are not an expert. That ice will take your car unless you drive slow. But it was open roads. I drove towards them all. I just wanted to see it for myself. And, you know, I'm breaking, sliding out. There's no cars. I wasn't worried about anything. There was no one on the road. So I went out and tested the roads. I'm like, wow. I mean, if you were a, a Texan, a Victorian, you cannot be driving in that. because you'll. I mean, if, if your car's on the road, there'll be accidents all over the place. And they were smart to stay pretty much off the roads. But that was really cool because here we are. I'm just six weeks, you know, two months later after moving from Alaska and the weather joined me here in Texas and it was pretty cool. And that lasted about 10 days. I, I got pictures of holding icicles outside, wearing a winter jacket, which my mom was going to get me um, a new North Face jacket for Christmas that year. My mom moving to Texas didn't do it. <laughs> so I have my old one still. Um, so that was pretty cool. Palm trees. I, I out my apartment, there's this beautiful palm tree thing friggin' died from the cold and most of them never re rebounded. They did replace that one about a couple months later. Um, but yeah, palm trees died. It, it got just, let's see, did I have, yeah, my dog didn't want to go outside. I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't go outside to go to the bathroom. Um, so that, that, that those, that's very memorable. Cause here yeah. I moved to South Texas for the hurricanes, the severe weather, the warm temperatures and boom, we got down to 11 degrees. Uh, nine degrees is the record low in Victoria. We got down to 11 and a couple nights down to 13. Um, but for, there's a 10 day span where we, there was about a four to five, six day span where I don't think we've got above freezing. And that's why a lot of the palm trees died. A lot of the vegetation died off. Um, but then all of a sudden, 10 days later, I took a picture. I did some videos driving and filming. I'm like, what polar vortex? Cause it was 84 degrees 10 days later. And I was like, well, we're out of it, but it took about 10 days. Yeah. For us, when that thing hit, all that cold air to get pushed out of here. So that was that was pretty intense. So between that and the and my tropical storm, I'm trying to think Joplin and Alaska. You know, no snow, nothing out of the ordinary that I'm not used to. Now there were areas I would have loved to get. Why? What, what, there were fences getting ripped down because when you got air getting compressed through the mountains, those winds were getting 105 mile an hour winds in some parts of Alaska and Anchorage, and I didn't get to experience that firsthand, but I saw a lot of damage. You know, fences were all knocked out all over the place. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting more than hurricane caliber winds. You know, getting, getting scr scrunched in there between the mountains. Is so there a way those, to, is there a way to uh, forecast that? I mean, do you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, like you're expecting high winds and. Yes, it's been a while for me to get it very precise with it. Yeah. But some of the mountains, the way they're set up, you guys still there? Yeah, I'm. Uh... Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, the way the mountains are set up, yeah, when the, the winds come through there, they get scrunched and they get more powerful. And you're looking at, you know, 100 mile down winds, which happens about two, three, four times a year down there. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think that was Matt coming in. We got him queued up for uh, seven. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Howie, that was awesome, man. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And um, uh, any uh, final thoughts or questions for Howie? No, I don't, that was very interesting stuff. I mean, everybody always wants to know the magic behind the, the weather forecast at the studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, especially um, small market. It's it's interesting for sure, right, Hallie? <laughs> um, it's it's got its uh, it's got its challenges. Yeah, yeah viewers out there, don't don't try that weather stuff at home. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. You know, call me another time. You want to come back out? I had a lot of fun with you guys. It was very very educational and. and I had a blast.
Same here, Howie. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds <laughs> good, Scott. I love you, bud. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Yes, you too. All right. Thanks, see you, bud. Bye. Thanks, Scott.